Hey guys, and welcome to Roman Go Lightly, a podcast for creative adventures. Listen, you and I have a lot in common. Like you, I'm a working person and I have real world responsibilities. But despite living that nine to five grind, I still want to live that adventurous creative lifestyle we all crave. So how can we do that? Well, that's why I'm here. Roman Go Lightly is a podcast and blog that believes in local adventure and everyday creativity. Because listen, adventure doesn't require a plane ticket and creativity is beckoning and it's for everyone, even us working people. Join me each week as I pick the brains of some of the coolest makers and seekers out there to find out in what small ways we can infuse their practices for inspiration and adventure into our daily working lives. You in? Let's do this. Hey, if you're listening to this, then you're one of the lucky ones. Yep, that means that you are a creative adventurer who happened to stumble upon this lovely little podcast to encourage you to lead the adventurous creative lifestyle you crave, even in the real world. So welcome to the party. You rule. Before I introduce today's lovely guest, I wanted to let you all know that Creative Coffee Break is taking off. Not only are you guys loving this 10-day mini course, but it seems like you really want some more. And well, guys, since most of you know that I'm traveling right now and I'm loving it, I've had some time to really sit down and grind out some fresh and new ideas for Creative Coffee Breaks of the future and maybe even translating it into an actual event. Who knows? Either way, I love it. And if you don't know what Creative Coffee Break is, it's a mini course on everyday creativity made by yours truly. It encourages working people to get inspired in these like very short and fun exercises about creativity um, that you can complete all while sipping your mid-morning coffee at work. Um, So that's two work weeks worth of good stuff and you can get inspired and start creating in as much time as it takes to finish your coffee break Um, and all you need is the stuff at your desk. So it's available at romangolightly.com slash shop. Check it out. Definitely become part of our, join, join your community, join the fun and check it out. Today's guest is Maddie Tigreen, who is the Southern Belle who knows a thing or two about creativity. Maddie is the creator of Green Tie Studio, a branding and graphic design boutique shop, and she's also the co-founder of Gather, which is a workshop to educate, encourage, and support other creative entrepreneurs. And Maddie is really well-stocked with ammunition to get us inspired, Um, and she's also a very welcoming person, so I loved having her insight on becoming a part of the creative industry This episode is really perfect for anyone who wants to create an intentional and meaningful work for themselves, even if that means you're creating for yourself and not for a buyer in mind, or if anyone needs to give themselves a little grace in their artistic process. We all need it, and she's here to give that to us, and you're going to love her. Here she is. Maddie, let's do this. Hello. Hi, Maddie. Hi. How are you? I am doing great. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. I'm excited about this. Oh, me too. I know you love podcasts, so. I do. I do. I'm I'm actually a huge nerd about them. I'm like subscribed to all these different let me know when the next episode comes out. I am like collecting them in my head to listen to. And I was actually telling um, my business partner the other day, she's a photographer and she is obviously editing photos for most of her day. Um, and so she, she's like, it's mindless to me. Like I, you know, it's like motor memory. Um, and so she listens to podcasts while she edits, but I can't do that because I'm writing copy so much. And right. so I feel like I'm like listening to someone else's words, but then I'm trying to write my own words and they get 
smushed. And I, <laughs> so I'm like, dang, I, I can't, I don't have any mindless work, I guess, painting maybe, but. Um, hey, and let me tell you, your mindless work is beautiful, so. <laughs> oh, thank you. Thank you. Uh, thank you so much for doing this. I know it's been like, I don't know about you, but it's been a really like busy and stressful time of the year. I don't know what it is, oh, but. Cats. I don't know. I actually was just telling my husband last night. I always try to not make excuses, but like, I want a reason. I want to say the reason that it's crazy busy or whatever. And just cause it makes me feel better that that's not just the way my life is. But I said last night, I was like, Oh, but I think it's because I'm working on this new thing that I'll tell you about in a little bit. But, um, I think it's cause I'm working on that. Or I think it's because I'm wrapping up, um, gather this workshop that we did. And I'm like, actually, no, I just think life is crazy. And there's always going to be a reason that everything is, is wild. I just have to like make time for myself when I'm like, gosh, I really need to be just more intentional about, you know, not just saying like, Oh, it's, it's a busy time. I'll do it later or whatever. Right. And sometimes it feels better to be able to like cast that like, Oh, it's busy because of blank. It makes you feel so much better. But the truth is life is crazy. It's just crazy. Yeah. And there's always going to be, I mean, the next season that's crazy will be something different. And I'm like, I just need to go with it and just give myself a little grace and just move on. Absolutely. um, But I'm super excited about this. It was really fun. So yeah, I'm excited to to talk. Well, good. I'm excited. Let's get into it then. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So I obviously know a lot of your work, but how would you describe what you do in your own words? So I always... I feel like the word branding gets tossed around and it's so, you know, it's kind of a kitschy word and you're like, you either super know what it means or you feel like it's like the word authentic and you're like, come on, I don't, you know, just doesn't really mean anything to some people, which is okay. Um, but the way that I like to describe what I do instead of just brand designer, um, is that I help bring business ideas to life. So, so much of, of what my clients do is, um, it's in their head. And so they, they really need help getting it on paper. Um, and just kind of putting a face to their company or their blog or, um, their nonprofit. So I really, um, really the heart of, of what I do is connecting with my clients. So I I feel like I can't do good, solid design work without knowing them and good, beautiful design work doesn't mean anything if it doesn't reflect, you know, the, the heart of the company and and the the business owner themselves. So we talk through fears and excitements and areas that they failed and big successes and their big goal. So we, we really connect in that way um, before we ever start talking about design, which really getting to know them really shapes the way that, that I can design for them. sounds like you really go into depth with like who they are as a human. So yeah, we, we really go, in depth personally, um, just because I find, and and I didn't always do that. I mean, I'll get into a little bit, um, a little bit later, kind of how I arrived at, at this job, but it used to be really based on the art of it and the design of it. And I found through, through working with clients that we always ended up in this conversation about what they were nervous about or what they were scared about or who they compared themselves to. And, um, I just realized after several sessions and, and several projects that it, we needed to go there from the beginning and not just start off talking about like, what color would you like me to use? So that has really, that's my favorite part of, of the process is just knowing them personally. And every single one of my clients is a friend of mine, um, which is 
when I think about just how our, our relationship evolves, obviously it's, it's professional and, and about business, but they, they really become friends of mine because they share things with me about their business that are personal. And obviously I'm on their team. So it's really, it's a really neat process. Wow. That's, I love, I think you're right. Branding is something that gets tossed around a lot, but, um, you know, branding is so much more than like, which colors represent what you want. It's so much more. And with all the like amount of personal branding that's involved now with like any small business, it's just so important. Yeah, it's really, um, really, I spend a lot of time in the beginning kind of explaining that because it's hard for a potential client to, to truly value, um, the process when they feel like it's just a logo or they, you know, they come to me maybe asking just for a specific design mark or they have something in mind. And, um, you know, I, I spend a little bit of time explaining why I don't offer just logo design. Um, and it's not for everyone, of course. I mean, the, the process is in depth and, and it's not for everyone, but I do spend a little bit of time in the beginning, just when I first meet a client, just to make sure they understand what, what the process is. And then I'm not, it's not transactional for me. I'm not just drawing something and scanning it in and sending over the file. Um, but I like it that way. And that, there are definitely artists that work in that transactional way and it, it works for them and they, they really thrive in that way. But I love getting to know my clients on a deeper level, um, and spending a little bit more time with them and, and I find that they're most confident in the outcome when, when we go through that process. So um, it's really, it's really neat. Even, even talking about it out loud, I'm like, gosh, I'm so blessed. It's, <laughs> it's really a beautiful job. So I, so do you think that in your, in the back of your mind, you always long to be someone who worked for themselves and doing this creative industry sort of job? Or do you just tell me about um, how do you think your path led you to this job? Yeah. Um, I don't think I necessarily always long to do this. Um, definitely if you'd asked me if owning my own creative business would, would have been something I wanted to do, I think I would have said yes, just as this like high in the sky dream. Um, but right out of college, I didn't really see a path for making that happen. Um, and I, I had a degree and it wasn't an art, so it seemed kind of reckless to turn away from what I had been trained to do, which was teaching. So, I taught middle school right out of college. Um, I taught special ed and I loved it. Um, but that's what you're supposed to do, right? I mean, I, I got this degree and I have always been creative, but people weren't really branching out on their own at that time. Um, and I didn't really know any other creative business owners. So I didn't, I didn't really think it was possible. Um, so I, I never saw this coming. And I say that to people all the time. Like, I just really, I think there are a lot of reasons that, that I'm here. Um, and obviously I've, I've worked really hard, but I didn't, it wasn't this like huge dream that I've always been working for. Um, it just kind of, it fell into place and then the hard work, you know, was necessary. So I think probably what led me to, to here is that I was kind of naive and, and really unapologetic. I just would make stuff and I didn't care if people didn't buy it and I didn't care if no one cared. Um, (laughs) I've just always been creative. Like the, you know, besides obviously my students who I loved, my favorite part of teaching was making the materials. Um, so I, I think I just, you know, in my free time, I just made stuff cause it was fun. Um, and then I, you know, people would start to say, gosh, you should sell that or you should open an Etsy shop before Etsy was really big. And I didn't, of course I didn't know how to work it. And I thought I can't have a business. I'm a teacher, you know? So 
it definitely started slowly. Um, but I launched my first website in 2011. Um, and I think because I didn't need the money because I, I had a salary, I just, I just made stuff and I didn't care if people didn't buy it. And obviously I learned as people did buy it or, you know, responded a certain way to a product, um, or a piece that I made, obviously applied those lessons moving forward, but there wasn't this pressure, um, to, to make money and survive off of my art. Um, and so I feel like that kind of obscurity and invisibility helped me kind of hone my skills. Cause you know, in the beginning, no one's looking at you and no one's buying your stuff and you can just make whatever you want. Um, right. There's like freedom so, in that, right? Yes. Oh, hugely. I think, um, I wanted to talk about it a little later, later with one of the other questions that you asked, but I really love Elizabeth Gilbert's big magic. Um, I'm like on my second run through the book, but she talks about that, like to, to yell at your art and, you know, need it to make money for you kind of smushes it. And, and then you're, you're just kind of paralyzed. So there was definitely freedom in that, that I, I didn't need, I didn't need it to sell. And when it did sell, it was very exciting. And when it didn't sell, you know, I learned something from it. So, um, I definitely didn't see this career coming, but I've been extremely blessed, which I know is, is kind of a like mushy way to, to look at it. But, um, once people kind of began buying my work and investing in me, um, people are so loyal. And so, I mean, I actually just had a a client reach out today that I haven't worked with since probably 2011. Um, I haven't heard from her. I mean, I made some cards for her and some, some business cards and some stationery. Um, and she's back and she wants, you know, X, Y, Z for, because her business has grown. And I'm like, are you kidding me? It's been this long. That's amazing that you, you even remember who made your business cards. Um, so there, there really were those relationships from the beginning and I'm just incredibly fortunate. Um, that customers and clients have, have been so loyal and supportive. Um, and then of course, family and friends, I mean, everyone alongside me would just say, just keep doing it. I love it. It's beautiful. I want to buy it. They would buy their wedding invitations and their graduation announcements. Um, so that kind of encouragement, as I'm sure every creative knows, goes a really long way. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I love I love um how you've mentioned Elizabeth Gilbert's um cuz I just finished reading your blog post about um Yeah, and I I'm also I finished it and I devoured it. Um and I think there's so much to be said about how we all are creative. I mean, we really are. Yes. Um but so many people feel intimidated by this idea of success and what happens if no one buys my work and all 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 that um, craziness that runs in your head, the the feeling of like self doubt and right. the feeling that you're going to be a fraud and all all those fears, um, they stop they stop a lot of people from just following through on something that they love or they're interested in or they're completely inspired and passionate about. Um, so, so I give you mad kudos, girl, mad kudos. And honestly, I I think your whole your whole um, approach to branding is so much more of an art form than you know, especially hearing you describe it from your own, from your own words, but yeah, you're getting me inspired. (laughs) (laughs) So great. Well, thank you. Oh man. So, I mean, how would you describe your style and design? I think I would say it's modern and, and clean, but with personality. Um, I don't, I, I really appreciate 
contrast of light and dark um, and minimalism to an extent, um, but I don't like stark feeling. I, I very much like something that I feel like I can relate to um, that, that feels friendly and warm. So actually my friend Katie came and shot our house for a press feature a couple years ago and she took one uh, one of the pictures in the living room was just white walls which I'm I'm such a white person I'm like gosh just every every room just paint it white and then let me kind of you know sprinkle in personality here and there I had painted these two abstract prints and hung them on the wall and she took a photo of it and sent it to me and she said it's like kinfolk with personality and Aww. that really struck me because, um, you know, I, as much as I think Kinfolk style, the, the magazine in the book is beautiful, um, but it's not, it doesn't fully align with me. I like a little bit more edge or, you know, just, just kind of spunk, I guess. Um, and so that was neat to hear from someone else's perspective that, that I can describe myself accurately as, as modern and and clean, but that there's a little bit something extra. And I'm such a wordsmith anyway. So I feel like, especially on Instagram, I, I try not to share things that don't have, I guess, intention or heart or purpose behind them. Like I would, as visual as it is, I love Instagram, obviously for the visual component, but sometimes I just will scroll right down to the comments and read whatever the, you know, the person, the commentary that they wrote with the image. And I'm, I'm more inspired by that than the photo. So, um, I like to think that that kind of manifests in my job and my work too, that it's just not about only visuals. Um, so yeah. Yeah. I think, I think the nice thing about Instagram is as beautiful as it can be to look at someone's feed, you learn so much about them just based off of what they're actually sharing with the picture. (laughs) I mean, so many, so many people can share beautiful pictures, but if there's, if it's just like fluff, who cares? Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And that's, I guess that's what I mean with the personality, not necessarily, um, you know, crazy design on a white, clean white background, but more, um, I guess deeper than that, like you're saying, it's not just fluff and that goes for kind of my overall style clothing and and home decor and um, I want it to be meaningful. So yeah, that's a good way to put it. No fluff. No fluff, girl. (laughs) Um, So I'm curious to pick your brain about your sort of your creative process. Um, It always intrigues me how people operate in the different art forms. It's it's and just individually everyone's just so different how they like to operate so what do you what do you look for when you're determining your your work is there something that you find yourself going back to a lot do you have a process that you follow at all I I definitely have a process I'm sort of type a um when it comes to like systems of of life and work so and that I feel like keeps me um not as crazy as I naturally am but in terms of design um I really love, I love clean lines. I like simplicity. And like I was saying, not, not stark. I don't want it to be bare. Um, but I just don't like a lot of stuff going on in design. Um, I love texture and color gradient. Um, I'm really partial as I'm sure, you know, people tag me and stuff on Instagram all the time that is, um, blue or black. And they're like, this made me think of you. I, I really do. I feel like the heart eye emoji was made for my face when I see like dark blue watercolor or black watercolor. That's what I do. I love it. That indigo. Yes. I love it. So I do, um, I do probably infuse, I, I probably infuse my work a lot with, um, 
with blues and blacks, but obviously depending on the client, I don't want to push my personal style on them after I get to know them. If that doesn't jive, then, then I won't. Um, but I, I'm definitely, I'm not a pastel or bright, bright color person, but seeing, you know, that movement and texture and dark colors is, I love that. So yeah, I, I pretty much will always include some sort of when I'm, when I'm creating, um, logo concepts for the first, um, the beginning part of the design process, I'll pretty much always include some sort of dark watercolor, um, option, but I don't, you know, again, I don't push it on, on the client if it, if it doesn't really fit their style, but, um, I love all your watercolors I and, and your hand type and just, it's such a great balance of, I mean, you know, you've, I think for, for a while there, hand type was so popular. Calligraphy was so popular, but something about what you're sharing with, with that in combination with these textures and these, um, yeah, like you said, these neutral colors, but also like just little pops of like these indigos and watercoloring. I just, I, I love it. So I'm curious, how did you get into watercoloring and hand type and all of, all of that? I am like so many other people just self-taught. Um, and I really do. We were talking about mindless work earlier when something that we can do and listen to a podcast and really soak it in. Um, that was really my, my escape. So I would, um, I would just play with paint. Um, and actually when I was younger, I took oil painting classes with my mom and she's a very talented painter and that, you know, through exploring that, I realized, um, that, that that type of painting wasn't really for me, but I learned so much about just kind of letting your creative juices flow and painting whatever comes out. And so I started doing that just in my own time. And that would kind of be my therapy after, you know, working all day. Um, so yeah, I just, I, after I started playing with liquid watercolor instead of, um, like a pan watercolor or, um, in a tube, I just fell in love with it because it moves right away. You don't have to add water to it. And, um, I'm just really, I mean, it's again, I'm self-taught and I don't mean, you know, I'm like a prodigy. Um, I think with anything, just, just playing with it until you kind of find your own voice. Um, that's, that's how it happened. And it still is for me, even if, if I'm not working on a project that involves painting, painting, I'll still paint just kind of whatever comes out just so I stay, you know, not in front of my computer screen for nine hours a day. Right. And you, you got to stay curious and you got to stay open-minded to just getting your hands and hands dirty. Right. 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 Yeah. I actually, um, read Austin Kleon's book. I'm not even sure if I'm saying (gasps) Oh my gosh. I already know what you're going to say. Yeah. Steal like an artist. Love it. Love that book. So, um, he talks about having an analog desk and, um, a digital desk. And I did that in our, our last house and it really has changed my work. Um, so I have a desk that my computer's at and where, you know, if I need to do some lettering with a pen and scan it in right away, I can do it there, but I have a totally different desk for basically making a mess. Um, and right now, I mean, I can look over and see it. It's, it's a total disaster. Um, but it's nice because I don't have to, I don't, I don't feel like I'm stifling my creative process by having to clean up and then move on to the next, um, you know, client email or, or project proposal or whatever on my computer, I can leave the mess and come back to it if I'm feeling like I want to get my hands dirty. Um, so that has, for what it's worth, 
having two desks has been monumental for me. I love it. I love it. And did you know he has um like a workbook too? Yes, I just saw it on his Instagram. I actually just ordered um Gary V's book on on Amazon and then saw that Austin has a workbook and I was like, dang, I just placed an Amazon order. <laughs> I'm about to do it again. But I saw it and I was like, wait, 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 wait. A workbook? You're right. Right. And I, I love like the adventure, um, how to be the adventure an adventure in the world. Those sort of like workbooks, those like I love those things. They just they keep your mind open and it's it makes you experiment and just stay more curious. Um, yes, you know, so. in your art form, but also just to like observe the world too, which is great. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, because it's so easy, I think, to especially with with Instagram and Pinterest, whatever you're making is you know, it's determined by what's already in your head and what you've seen. Um, but when you're being challenged in areas like his workbook, I saw some of the questions are so off the wall. And I just think that's really healthy um, to to explore things and, and questions and ideas that are not related to your work. You know, you never know how that could impact your work. Right. So great segue. Um, is there an art form outside of design and um, that you're curious to experiment in? Yes. Um, I definitely want, and and I don't even know how to go about this. I guess it's just really my own busyness, um, that I haven't explored it, but I definitely want to dabble in ceramics. Um, just something about, I'm, I'm such a hands dirty person. Um, which is why again, that second desk, I'm like, just, I just want to get messy. Um, so I'd love to try ceramics. Um, I'm really into gardening. I have so many houseplants. My husband is like, you've got to stop. Um, (laughs) interiors, which is, you know, really a popular art form, I guess it definitely is an art form, but just renovations to, to our current house. We, um, have done a lot of just decor changes and, and building things. So I love that. Um, what else? I gotta say, I've been following your reno process on Instagram here and there and you're white. You're right with the white girl, all that white, white kitchen. It's just so clean. And then it's like a, it's like a blank slate to add, to add houseplants. Yes. It's an addiction really, but, um, I love it. Yeah. I think, I think ceramics would be my, my next, um, I just, I I actually did it in high school. I took a, a pottery class and I loved it, but I don't think I was in the mindset at the time to really soak up all of the, the process knowledge. I was, you know, it's you're 17. Um, and I don't think I was my most creative self at 17, but, um, yeah, I would really like to, to throw a pot and, and just kind of experience. It looks so easy, like, like so much of what you see on, on social media when people put their videos up, I'm like, gosh, it just, it like forms so easily. It's spinning in your hands, but I know from experience that it's really hard. Um, so I kind of want to explore that again and just, again, do something that money doesn't, I'm not relying on the, the money from it selling. Um, and it doesn't really relate to what my job is. So I feel like that could be really inspiring. Just watching the process and the glazes and you have this like tactile thing to hold when you're done. It's, it's, it's great. And honestly, um, but people love ceramics because it's something useful and it's an art. Yeah, it really, it's that having that, that tangible product at the end, that really is, it's so different from 
what I do now, you know? So yeah, I definitely want to try it. So now that we're sort of talking about community, I know I didn't um, list this on our questions, but I'm just curious to hear about how Gather sort of came about with you and your, and your community. Yeah. Um, so I actually worked at, um, a shared studio space in Athens, Georgia, where, um, I lived before we moved here. And I worked with a a girl who became one of my very close friends now, um, Katie Bryant, who's a photographer. And so um, I was just really searching at the time. I was just really searching for a place to go work and get out of my house. Um, I had been working out of my home studio after quitting my teaching job for probably six months or so. Um, And it was just really lonely. And I kind of was creating in this vacuum and I didn't know what I didn't know with like with anything, you just kind of need to get out of your own head. So I linked up with her and we ended up, um, getting and just renting this house kind of down the street from where we were. So we could go to work every day. And, and when I came home, you know, I was done with work and could really separate the two. Um, but through working together, we both just really learned that, you need people. Um, and at the time I really didn't have a creative community at all. And so, you know, nobody really understood, um, what I was doing. They just thought I was kind of playing with crayons all day or something. I don't know what they thought. Um, but you know, there's people in your life who you love dearly, but they, they just don't get it. Um, and so I didn't have any friends who got it. Um, so we started working at the studio together and, and just, every day we would get into these deep conversations about, about everything, just like life and work and, um, family and creativity and comparison and business numbers. And, um, after a couple of months, we were like, why don't, I bet there's other people who want this. I bet there's, there's other people who feel like they're creating alone or they doubt themselves and they don't know that everyone doubts themselves. Um, or like we talk about it gather, they feel like a fraud and, they don't want anyone to know, but the truth is we all do at some, you know, at some point. So it really just blossomed from that. We, we, it was a, I mean, I think it was successful when we first did it, but it was, it was a little bit choppy and we of course didn't know what we were doing. And, um, really it it stemmed from just bringing women together, um, in a safe place to kind of be wherever you were in your creative journey, whether you wanted it to be your job or not. Um, and it really has, it's one of the most beautiful things I think I've ever done. Um, and we will keep doing it whether it's lucrative or not, because, um, every time we finish a weekend, I'm, I feel like I get more out of it than the attendees. Um, and just having, bringing these women together who are all by the end of the two days on each other's team and really, really for one another, um, is just that never gets old. To me, what you guys have created with that, I don't know, it's not a workshop. It's like an event. It's a meeting yeah. of the minds. Um, what what you've done for those two days for those women, I mean, that's incredible. I honestly wish that there were so many more opportunities for that up north where I am in Pennsylvania, but just everywhere. I wish there was a gather everywhere. Why can't you do that? Why can't you be everywhere? <laughs> we have had so many people ask, bring gather on the road, bring it to Chicago, bring it to California which we've actually, it's in Atlanta now because, um, we've moved or I've moved from Athens. Katie still lives there, but, um, we just really, we, we synced up with some beautiful business owners in Atlanta who really believe in, in 
our mission, um, which is, is super just empowering for us to have people who believe in what we're doing. Um, but we've actually had people come from California and Texas and Oklahoma and New York city. Um, so we really, it's been neat. It, it has been more, it's grown into more of this retreat and less of just a, you know, the first one actually was just one day. Um, and it was not nearly enough time to get to know everybody on the level that we really want to know them. Um, so it's been neat. We, we've talked about taking it on the road. Um, but I think because it's not, it's not either of our full-time jobs and we don't want to charge what it would require for it to be our full-time jobs. Um, we, we really need to keep it in Atlanta, um, just so we can both keep doing our, our day jobs. Um, so, but don't think for one second that I haven't, I haven't considered just like having a gathered tour bus. (laughs) (laughs) Fair enough. Fair enough. I'll let, I'll let, I'll let you, I'll let it slide. The, fir- the the day that we buy the tour bus, I'll give you a call. You'll okay. It will be our first stop. Great. I would love <laughs> that. And I know many of my friends would too. But yeah, that's, I mean, I'm jealous of all your attendees. Maybe one day I'll make the trip down to Atlanta to hang. But seriously, I, oh, I, I love that. I, I seriously, whenever I see that you're sharing something about Gather, I, I just get so excited because that opportunity to have this camaraderie with women and creative women who know, like you said, there, you have people in your life, especially, I mean, you and I could talk for a long time, I'm sure, about being a teacher. Oh, and absolutely. balancing that with this creative side of yourself. Um, like, for example, I came home from school today, hopped on my computer, and now we're chatting, which is great. And I love that. And But, like, I know so many people, when I try to describe that, I'm making a podcast. To them, right. it's like, oh, that's great. But, like, w- why? Right, right. <laughs> or aren't you exhausted? Or how do you have the time for that? And right. these sort of... Um, not uh, not arguments, I guess, but people just don't really under understand or relate to people who want to live an inspiring and creative life outside of nine to five. Um, and I'm not busting on teachers. I'm just saying in general, it's sure. nice to have, you know, a community of women who understand. Absolutely. And yeah, that's why um, that's really the most powerful thing. I feel like our, our women take away from that is that Number one, you're not alone. So whatever thought is in your head about how crappy your work is, it, number one, it's not crappy. And number two, you're not the only one that's ever thought that about themselves. Um, but really, like you said, it's it's just a meeting of the minds. It's people who understand why you do what you do, even if you don't need it to be profitable. Even if you change whatever your art is in three years, they, they get it. They understand that you're making art for the sake of making art and not you know, to impress someone else or necessarily pay your bills or whatever. So, um, it's really a powerful thing. We, um, we love it. I want to do it forever. (laughs) Wow. I, I just got to say, thank you so much for doing this. I'm getting like super, I don't know. I'm just getting super inspired right now. So pause, thank you. Pause the track for a bit. Just had to say that. (laughs) You talked a little bit about relocating. You and your husband have traveled the country together for his work. Is there a particular place you've been that has left an impression on you or you're dying to return to? Yes. So, um, and actually we went not for his work. We went for vacation, um, to Portland, Oregon, this Christmas and we are obsessed. 
Um, we have a couple friends who live out there and actually didn't even get to see them when we went because it was the holidays. But um, we love that it has the ocean and the mountains and snow in the winter and sun in the summer. And there's a big city, but there's also open space and culture and art and music and beer. And it's just, I'm like, what more could you want? I just listed all of life's most beautiful things. <laughs> um, so we are, we're actually going back in July to experience it in, in the summer. Um, and hopefully we can make the move in a couple of years. So that's on our, that's our, our five-year plan is to West coast it. That's amazing. I have never been to Portland, but I'm I'm also someone who loves mountain, ocean, beer, music. I it's feel like crazy. right up my alley. It's really one of the first places we were laughing um, when we were getting ready to come home. It's it's one of the only places for me besides I really love San Francisco, but my husband's not super crazy about it. Um, but it's one of the only places both of us felt right at home from the minute that we got there. We didn't feel like tourists. Um, and that, I mean, we genuinely did not want to come home. Most of the time when a trip ends, I'm like, okay, it's time. Like, let's get back to routine or, you know, I won't miss my bed. Nope. We were like, send us our dogs and we'll see you on the flip side. We want to stay here. That's awesome. Hopefully that will happen sooner rather than later. We move around for, um, his job. He's in the army and where we are now, it does feel like home because we've, we bought a house and we're trying to make it feel like home. Um, but the actual city as, as great as it is, is not where we want to be forever. So yeah, that's huge to, that's why we both were like, what is this feeling? We, we don't even, you know, we don't have a house here. We don't have any necessarily anything drawing us here. Um, besides obviously all the things that I listed, but, um, you know, when it, it wouldn't make perfect sense logistically for us to just make the move right now. So why do we feel so at home? Um, which is why, you know, we were like, okay, let's try to make this work. This feels really natural and good. Ooh, I hope this works out for you. I really, I Thank really you. hope it does. I am curious because I, I love your sense of design and I'm curious, what, what are you obsessed with at the moment? It can be embarrassing. It can be something that creatively is just like, you're obsessed with it. I can't believe I'm admitting it, but I'm also obsessed lately with Justin Bieber I I know everybody has either I feel like everyone has a strong opinion either you love him or you hate him I love him right now I do yoga to his music and I feel like it's the perfect balance between like I don't like super zen yoga I need a little bit of a workout so I feel like the Biebs really really shows up for my my yoga time in the morning so I love the new Biebs uh, I do too. I, I really do. He's bringing it. And honestly, I I would never like hated on I don't know. You're right. People have strong opinions of of the Beebs. But I never hated him, but I think his his new thing is like I'm I'm into it. I was kind of just indifferent and and I think for a while it was because my students really loved that one hit song that he had and then just in general his his sense of style and the pants and the hair, it was a little too much, but I never hated on him. So I feel like I'm not a hypocrite now that I love him. I really love his, his current thing. I'm digging it. For listeners who work a nine to five lifestyle and maybe it's not in their passions field. Um, what piece of advice would you send their way? So how can these like working creatives keep that spark alive outside of their responsibilities and at work, um, in the real world? Yeah, this is, this is huge. And obviously I know 
firsthand how hard that is. Um, you're so tired at the end of the day and it's hard to, you know, muster up any new ideas really. Um, but I, I referenced it earlier about what Elizabeth Gilbert says about yelling at your creativity to make money for you. Um, you'll kill it that way. And I think that it's so true. Um, really not putting pressure on yourself to, to make your art make money. But for people even, I mean, like, like you were saying, you have friends that are supportive of what you're doing creatively after work, but they don't really understand why you would do it. And this may or may not become your, the next career for you, but if it doesn't, you'll still do it because it's important to you. Um, I think the best advice I can give probably two things. Um, one is just to keep making, keep putting things out there, keep making art, whatever your art is, if it's writing, if it's, if it's singing, if it's podcasts, if it's painting, if it's waffle making, I don't know. Um, even if it sucks, I think just keep making it because you'll never, um, you'll never get to the good part or, you know, the, the one masterpiece if you don't, keep making the things that, that aren't masterpieces. Um, and then I, too, I think just giving yourself a little bit of grace. Um, you're not going to be your most creative self every day and that's okay. Um, especially for, for people who work all day when your brain has done something completely different for the past eight hours, you know, trying to, to make it do something creative and, and, um, kind of squeeze something out that's not there that day is, is impossible. So just kind of cut yourself some slack, but I try to invest in something not necessarily every day, just because life gets busy, but every week that, um, you know, really gives me life. And it's for some people that is their art, but for others, um, and for me, it's not, I, I really love my job, but that's not what I do for, for therapy per se. Um, but I, I don't find that I'm my most creative when I sit down to make myself be creative. So I try to do something every now and then that makes me feel very calm and content, whether it's going for a run, which is not my idea of calm and content, but for some people that is, um, or just dinner with a friend or swinging on the front porch or just sitting quietly for me. I really love yoga. Um, that has really helped me kind of get into another mindset. And, and I think it impacts my creativity. Maybe that's just me telling myself that, but I feel like investing in something besides your creative work, um, that kind of fills you up can really fuel your creativity. If that makes sense. Um, and something where you don't feel like you have to be on, um, quote unquote, but I find that I'm my most, confident and creative self when I take time for those things. That's wonderful. Thank you for sharing that. Yeah. Are you ready to get a little silly? I love to finish my interviews with just like a yes. little bit of like um, a peek into like the sillier side of people, especially if people already know your work and have followed you online or even if they don't, it's just a good, good little uh, peek into the craziness of life. Yes. Uh, I'm ready for the craziness. I can bring it. Okay, cool. So two truths and a lie. Tell me three facts about yourself. Um, two of them are true. And then one is going to be a lie. And okay. I have to guess which one is your, is your lie. Okay. So these are fun. So, um, number one in another life, I think that I would like to be a midwife and deliver babies. 
Um, number two, I used to dye my hair red. And number three, I am fascinated by ancient Egyptian culture. Ooh. Okay. I can totally see you as a midwife. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I don't know why. A compliment or totally the thing anyone's ever said to me. That well, maybe I mean, both. In fairness, I brought it up. So <laughs> I just think you're you're a nurturing. I I can tell that you're really a, a nurturing type of person. I could see it. Yeah. Um. I could see it. I don't know. Egyptian culture. Hmm. I'm going to say your lies that you dyed your hair red. Yes, girl. <gasps> yes. 53 minutes and 26 seconds. You know me. Yes. <laughs> yes. I would totally be a midwife. <laughs> this is terrible to say, but I, I struggle with like needles and blood. And the, so if it were, if it were not for the yucky stuff, yes, I would love to be a midwife. I am super nurturing. I knew um, it. See, I'm not that weird. <laughs> no, you're not. Well, I like I said, I brought it up, so it's definitely not. It's not a not a weird thing. And anybody who really knows me knows that um, that really fits. I love babies and I love caring for people. So, um, and yeah, I really love Egyptian culture. And I actually got to go to Egypt this uh, last year. Actually, gosh, wow. it's been more than a year. But how was um, that? It was absolutely incredible I can't even I can't even put it into it it was amazing like I've never felt so out of my comfort zone and also it, it put like like any trip like that will do for you put so much in perspective um like I have so much and I don't need any of it um and these people are so happy and they don't have anything and they just are so proud of their history and anyway it was amazing I literally went into King Tut's tomb. That's it. That's, I mean, come on. That's bucket list. Yeah. I've sent my pictures to like no less than a dozen teachers. And I know I'm like, here you go. Here's your ancient Egypt lesson. (laughs) All my photos and some Egyptian money. That's so so cool. It was really, really um, a once in a lifetime experience for sure. Wow. Okay. So I love, I love all your choices in color. If you were a color, what would you be? This is, uh, I feel like this is not a fun answer, but I, I would be a black crayon. (laughs) I love black. And I think I thought long and hard about what I would name my Crayola crayon color. Um, And I would probably call it yoga pants because (laughs) it's my daily uniform, sad but true. Um. But I want to hear, I feel like I want to hear some other people's answers. We can do that <laughs> off of the podcast, but I feel like that yes. black goes down as, as number one boring. Yep. Mine would be yoga pants for sure. I love it. I think that's right now. That's the winner so far. So I'll share the other ones with yes. you later, but oh, that makes me feel so much better. Okay. Yeah. Don't doubt yourself. You got it. <laughs> um, and my favorite question, what do you really and truly love? It can be off the wall. You can say, I love donuts, or you can say something really deep and meaningful. So what do you really love? I really love Girl Scout cookies. <gasps> yes. Um, that That's just, that's the end all be. I really, well, I really love dessert. And I ate dessert last night for dinner because we didn't have anything. And I was like, I'm just going to have some Oreos. So I love, but I, I honestly though, I wouldn't call myself a huge sweets person. Like I don't eat a lot of candy. I don't eat sweets a lot, but when I do eat them, I am so happy in my soul. So yeah. 
Girl yes. Scout cookies. Okay. And, and I like the one that no one likes and that no one talks about. The women one, Savannah Smiles, represent. I don't know why they get forgotten. No one likes those. They always talk about Thin Mints and Samoas, but I like Savannah Smiles. The hipster choice. That's right. Thank you for for validating my cookie choice. The hipster choice. I honestly think I might have had that once my entire time I've had Girl Scout. And I was a Girl Scout. So. <laughs> okay, to be fair, they're new. Like within Okay, the there you go. That's but an excuse. I love them. I, we have four boxes in our pantry right now. Because when I bought them, I was like, I'm going to want these in December and they're not going to be around. Yeah. So, four boxes. Are you one of the crazy people who freeze them? We do freeze Thin Mints, but not... not to like preserve them My right just likes them cold which i do too i just don't like them as much as the lemon ones lemon ones for life yep that's right awesome so th- maddie this has been great this has been so fun and i know like I, Good. Said, I get i get excited just to talk to people who understand my world so i'm like this is just a fun conversation i got you girl we're in the same world i know it we're, literally i i remember your world of, of <laughs> seven to to six and then yep. like trying to be creative afterwards i totally know yep lots of coffee involved um yep. lots yep. of that lots of insanity but you know so where can we fi- where you mentioned instagram what are your handles where can we find you online yeah um my instagram handle is at green tie studio um my last name is tie green so it's just flipped like a green bow tie um and my website is green and I'm also, um, I was telling you about Gather Workshop, um, that's a seasonal workshop for creative business owners in Atlanta. Um, and that website is gather-workshop.com. Thank you so much, Maddie. Yeah, you're so welcome. This was truly, this is really like the highlight of my day. Thank you so much, Maddie. You roll. And guys, Maddie actually has a very exciting new component of what she's doing right now. She is now the creative director of this awesome shop called Citizen Supply. And honestly, I am obsessed with what they're doing right now. And they do these very like independent owned shops and she gets to oversee all of that. And she's like the head honcho. So I'm super proud of this new move that she's making. Congrats, Maddie. You roll. So guys, as always, you can find us at on Instagram and on Snapchat at RomanGoLightly. Um, Snapchat is Rome underscore go lightly. You can probably follow along with my adventures and you can see what we're up to as we gallivant around our adventures this summer before we return to the real world in August. We are about halfway through our season right now and I'm so excited for the rest of our guests that are going to be coming down the line. Just wait. Next week, we are going to be joined by the one and the only Ray Tashman of Love from Berlin. She is one of the first conscious lifestyle blogs out there. So we talk about her approach to living in a conscious and intentional way um, and all about her favorite city that she's living in, Berlin. She's an expat, so we're going to hear about that sort of experience for her too. Also, she has super cool hair, just saying. We'll see you next week. And in the meantime, catch you later. Bye.